0: Hi and welcome to the Solidarity podcast, shedding light and spilling the tea on global solidarity. My name's Amina and I'm the campaign coordinator for the Case for Global Solidarity campaign, funded by the FCDO. We're talking about a short series of discussions around key themes, so please look out for others in this series. Enjoy.
1: Claire O'Shea, Head of Partnership at Hub Cymru Africa. Um, I have been working at Hub Cymru Africa for around three years and for a lot of that time we've made some assumptions about what the general public in Wales think about our work and think about global solidarity more widely. So in June 2022 we commissioned some research through YouGov in order to find out a bit more about what the Welsh public think about global solidarity and international development. We've been really excited to hear and see the results. We recorded a webinar earlier this week, which we recommend you would have a look at on YouTube, which will supplement some of the discussions today. On the webinar, we went through a slide-by-slide discussion on some of the key messaging and what we have found out Amina and I are both from communications and campaigns backgrounds, so we were quite keen to have a chat today and talk a little bit more about how we would use the messaging.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, we know that um, Hub Cymru Africa groups and audiences can definitely use these messages to help them. So in what way can they help them? I think we've recognised that um, raising funds and speaking to the public about their work is really important. So shall we talk about some of the messaging that we found? Yeah, absolutely. So we found some things that were really interesting.
1: And as always, we're really proud to live and work in Wales because the key message for us that Wales is a more caring nation than some of the other areas of the UK. So we know that that's really positive. And we also know there's been research in the past to say there is a percentage of um, Welsh people's salaries, they actually donate more to charity. So these two things combined is really important in knowing that you are able to communicate to a positive audience, either to gain support for your work or to increase your fundraising potentially. And um, I think... That's a helpful thing to know. I think lots of people feel really reluctant to put themselves out there and put the work of their organisations out there, particularly during kind of times when domestic struggle and domestic challenge has been really high in people's minds and on the news agenda. But, you know, it's important that we still do act in solidarity with other people. Some of the things that Amina and I are probably going to discuss is around the fact that actually we have common we have common concerns globally um, and we also have solutions that we can potentially
0: find together. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think some of the narrative around uh, global solidarity can just be overtly negative and I kind of, yeah, feel that like that's quite... That's quite a singular-focused way of looking at things. And actually, this research shows that, yeah, Wales are a caring nation. We are concerned with um, what's happening, you know, what's going on in the world, and also in ways that we can help. And I know it can feel hopeless at times, but actually, um, individual action is not hopeless. And I think that's the second message that we've come across it's not hopeless, our actions do count. Um, we have to make sure we look at the positives of things as well as the negative, because I think we're overwhelmed with the negative at the moment. Um, so one of the things I really liked um, about the research is, is it shows that wealth public are 3 percent more likely to purchase or boycott goods based on the product or company's engagement with global poverty reduction, which is fantastic news, especially for one of our partners which is Fairtrade Wales because as we know, fair trade um, is sort of well. It is the best, isn't it? It is the best scheme, really, that supports the producers that grow our food and make sure that we have, uh, well, what I would kind of consider as a luxury. It does, you know, chocolate, coffee, um, sugar, and, you know, obviously cotton for clothing. And so, yeah, I think that's a really good um, start, really.
1: Yeah, it is really positive. Um, It's nice to hear that people have got that message that you can kind of put your pound where your values are almost so you pay for what you value and that's really important and we're going to do another podcast in this series really relating to some of those issues so we'd encourage you to come back and listen again if you're particularly interested in fair trade and um, I think that it's not hopeless message is really important as well. There's been lots of research done on how people feel about international development and global solidarity. And often we find that these kind of negative images that are pumped out all the time make people feel disempowered on both sides of the relationship. So they're damaging to the people that they're representing In Africa or other countries experiencing, um, experiencing kind of droughts and things like that. But it's also damaging to people's attitudes in the UK and in Wales. If all you see is negative images relentlessly, then people are going to start to question what the value of taking action is if they never see any change. So we're hearing through this data that people don't feel helpless and that actually we can take positive action and it's important for us to represent that work in a positive way. So I guess the first lesson might be To communicate about your work positively and communicate about the charities you're working with positively as well, it's much more likely to gain traction with the audiences you want to speak to.
0: Yeah, that's certainly what I found um, based on my time working for a homelessness charity. It was not the black and white grainy images of like, Gnarled hands that got people engaged with our charity. It was seeing how people are living and interacting with others, you know, working with their support workers and turning their lives around. It was really the people's stories that they focused on, not so much, you know, where they've come from, but where they're going. And I think that's hugely important. So, yeah, good point, Claire.
1: Yeah, and at Hubcombry Africa, we've been doing some work around this on our reframing the narrative project as well. Um, we will include links and things when we publish this podcast so that you're able to dig a bit deeper into some of the issues that you're interested in. Um, so some of the other interesting aspects for me was a broad, a broad point that wasn't just about the attitudes in Wales, but it came out across the whole of the data that was collected for the UK that basically said attitudes towards international development are on the up we it was always a declining it was always, it's been declining for a few years which was always quite disappointing but in the last year we've seen that come back to the fore and people's attitudes are improving on the one hand i think it might be um because uk government have cut the official development assistance or we say shorthand the 0.7% Budget, which was cut to 0.5%. And around that time, lots of charities really mobilized to say what they were doing well and they entered back into kind of storytelling and narrative. But I don't think it is just that. I think it's about building some empathy and solidarity. We're seeing the impact of climate change, we're struggling financially. There's lots of issues around women in the workplace in COVID where ability to earn money has um, rolled back, more people have kind of had to stay at home and look after children and they've been able to build connections with other people on that basis. I don't know if you saw any of that, Amina, when you were looking through the data or that's something that you've recognised in terms of messaging?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Sort of in terms of the data, um, people in Wales in general sort of donate more and they are more moved to donate um, by consuming messages um, through kind of just normal channels, TV, radio, papers, and then they're more, more likely to talk to their friends and family about these issues as well. So it shows that it's the for- at the forefront of their minds and really that can only be a good thing because as much as we are in a struggle as well, as we know, because you know, through climate change, then a lot of what the global south are experiencing are, is potentially because of what we've done in the north, and I think that's quite a hard narrative to swallow, but it's an important one to think about, so.
1: Yeah, it's really good to do some of that kind of myth-busting, actually, and, um, you know, you hear... hear lots of people talking about how people in sub-Saharan Africa should have less children for example or you know the onus is always put on these kind of countries to respond to the problems that they themselves haven't caused and I think it's important that we're kind of bold and we stand up in these situations as charities and civil society to say actually a child in the UK or an adult in the UK or anywhere in Wales still actually has a much more carbon-heavy lifestyle and will have much more impact on the environment than anyone will in kind of a sub-Saharan African country or anything like that. So it's important to um, challenge those myths. I don't always necessarily think it's a good idea to engage with trolls through social no. media channels, <laughs> but I do think it's it's worth putting setting the agenda... And putting those messages out there and challenging some of that thinking, because I think sometimes we do shy away from kind of arguing in public on these issues. But you don't have to be in an argument. You can just put some positive, positive messages out there through your work.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, another really interesting point was um, the concern for climate change is significantly higher in Wales than the rest of the UK. And again, that can only be a good thing because we are in crisis. Um, we're already, I think we're already doing a lot in Wales around climate change. Um, we've certainly got organisations and the Future Generations Wellbeing Act looking at climate change in, in more depth and more detail. But again, it's it's kind of understanding our impact on this world and supporting those schemes like for example if you're not signed up to Climate Camry, I would go and have a look at that. Also take a look at the size of Wales and see what they're doing and do have a look at the reports from the Future Generations. Wellbeing act also there's lots you can get involved with i know that a um, big green week will be coming up soon in september and also i think it's good for them to know what's being done in wales around uh, those issues oh absolutely um
1: i think i think that's a really important point to reflect on as well if you're struggling to understand how to communicate about your work climate and the climate crisis is something that you can kind of link your work to. So, you know, if you're working with women who have need sustainable livelihoods because their livelihoods are being impacted by climate change, then talk about that. It can feel really negative sometimes. You kind of, if you're on forums and various, like, Facebook groups like I am, it feels like all you ever hear is like, oh, bloody people on their bikes, and these kind of like really local arguments over kind of um, shifting towards more climate-friendly lifestyles. But that's a really narrow portion of the population that are really pushing back on that kind of messaging. The majority of people are going to be really supportive of, um, of taking action on climate change, um, and other things, I myself do some volunteering um, for various organisations and charities. But I do some volunteering with um, CF10 Rugby Trust. They're the supporters' trust for Cardiff Rugby. They'll be glad to get a shout out on this um, on this podcast. And we've been war- working a bit with Cardiff Rugby on their approach to sustainability. For example, we always assumed that rugby fans didn't really. Care very much about climate change or the sustainable future of rugby but we did um we did a short online survey a few couple of months ago and actually the majority of people really cared about the impact of sport on the environment the impact of sport on the countries that we want to be playing against into the long distance future so so I found that quite heartening, actually, and it's really helped me think about how I work with CF10 and Cardiff Rugby in the future to support like environmental and sustainable initiatives. And how we talk about those things in a positive way. Um, I don't know if you've had any other experience with any of the other organisations that you work with. I know you've worked with Fair Trade a lot. You've done some really interesting work on fashion and sustainable fashion.
0: Yeah, I think people forget that climate change is, is not just the sun is really too strong or that we get floods. It's way more than that. As Claire was saying, it affects women, it affects children... It's it, the clothes we wear, the things that we consume. It's kind of affected It's it's part of our everyday lives. And yeah, um, a lot of my focus has been on fashion, because uh, I do I do kind of have a love hate relationship with fashion. Um, I broke up with fast fashion a while ago, so I now try and um, buy second hand, buy vintage, uh, make. Well, I don't make anything, I'm not going to lie. I commission that out to people. But, um, yeah, but obviously um, climate change... I think fashion is the second biggest polluter um, when it comes to climate change. It it really is a really terrible way um, of... Uh, distracting our planet and I think think maybe we've become too complacent. We want things now, we want the next available thing, but unfortunately all that means is that we're just, the more we consume, the more damage we're doing to the planet and there really needs to be like structural Change at a very high level, but I think there's kind of lots that we can understand more. We can, um, there's, I've just finished a book called The Anti Capitalist Book of Fashion, which is actually a really good read. It's very depressing, I'm not going to lie to you, and it did make me want to burn all my clothes afterward, but um, you know, it's a very kind of, it's good to understand the issues that affect us. And um, there are some brilliant people in Wales doing things around sustainable fashion. Um, Ophelia Dos Santos is one of um, the SSAP youth um, ambassadors, I would say. And she she does fashion like no one else I know, really. She's kind of um, into sewing, embroidery, really kind of slow fashion, taking your time, valuing what you create. And um, she's do, you know she does a lot of workshops in the Cardiff area so she's definitely good to check out So would you say trying to
1: find ambassadors and people who represent your work in a different way are
0: important to helping you communicate about what you're doing? Absolutely yeah um, I think it's important to um, you know surround yourself with with those kind of people and um, Certainly if you use um, social media it's great to follow people that inspire you that are doing different things all across the world and you know I think it, it's good to sort of get yourself out of an echo chamber maybe as well and kind of look at what's working elsewhere and see if it can be adapted. Brilliant. Okay. Well we'll have to um
1: we'll have to share some of these people's profiles so that if you are working on things like sustainable livelihoods, climate change, women's rights, women's education, trying to find people who've got kind of similar attitudes and views in Wales are really good ways of kind of amplifying those messages, as well as like certainly handing over your platform or your voice to your partners in the countries that you're working with as well. And um, that's that clearly lends itself to the research that we're hearing about storytelling and those kind of things and building solidarity. And I guess in terms of the research and what we feel people can use it for, the most important thing, I guess, actually, is to have the research for a change. Like, it is really good (laughs) to have the evidence here that says... This is how people in Wales feel about our work or the work that you're doing and using that as a platform to support your funding bids, to help you to design projects, to help you think about how you're going to communicate about the issues are all really important. So I'd encourage you to actually look at the data and we will definitely be sharing it on our website and in a link on this podcast. Um, what else do you think this data could be used for? Or what else did you learn from it, Mina, that you think would be useful for people in Wales?
0: Yeah, I think when I was reading through this data, I was thinking, well, you know, actually evidence is a really fantastic way of engaging with people because you have something to back you up. So if you regularly produce newsletters, blogs, press releases, podcasts, or you want to go to your sort of like local media, this is really a fantastic way of use, you know of of showing the evidence it's like here we are, this is what we do, and this shows our, you know, that our contribution to global solidarity is working, and actually Welsh people are engaged, and I think that's a really good starting point if you do want to engage with maybe other parts of the community that you haven't before, and I was kind of thinking we're back to sort of in-person events while we're pretty much there we're getting there and so I know that lots of groups tend to meet you know at libraries at uh, public places and I think it's a kind of really good way to try and engage with them and see if you could give them a talk about an issue that you're passionate about so yeah. that's a really good idea
1: actually i hadn't thought of it even using it as a platform to encourage other people to let you into the room Mm -hmm. to kind of focus on these issues and the local press as well is really important we're at hub africa we'll obviously be using these stats and this data to support our press stories now and in the next few months um but yeah adopt it adapt it and use it for your own purposes when you're talking to local media you can also always get in touch with us at hub africa if you want support with your communications or ways of campaigning we've got a good old team of people here who are able to support a lot of that and i think the other really interesting aspect for me is even just kind of giving yourself a sense of purpose or feeling a sense of um having people value your work is sometimes just nice to hear actually it's just to feel like yeah i'm doing a good job and people are hearing about it and people are making change on that basis i know i'm definitely someone who needs a bit of positive affirmation (laughs) so i don't mind if it comes through a good bit of feedback or if i have to commission a massive um a massive research project to find (laughs) out (laughs) what we're doing is important but um in all seriousness um it 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 does validate what you're doing and it is something that you can can talk to friends and family about as well. That was really interesting in the data, wasn't it? Is that Welsh people speak about these issues to friends and family more than any of the other kind of um, devolved nations or regions of the UK. So just having a conversation with people about some of this actually is really effective and it's good I think to know that people are comfortable having those discussions. It doesn't all have to be kind of a, a tense discussion over a, a
0: meal, yeah. is it? <laughs> like yeah, the Brexit divider, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: maybe this is the antidote to the Brexit divide. Maybe this yeah. is the the coming together around solidarity and actually a shared sense of what we care about. Yeah. Um, you know, what we know about this data is that it it's not um It's not one of these things where we're saying people of this age think this and people of this young think this and people who come from this background think this. It was actually, from what I understand, that lots and lots of people from various different demographics are all circling around these issues and caring about them. And I think that's a really positive positive a positive thing to be reflecting on
0: definitely and we need positive at the moment because i feel we're just bombarded with negative it's just everywhere and um i was really really pleasantly surprised by this research and i I hope you are too i just yeah it's really positive it's great yeah i was
1: sat waiting for the results of it for a a few months just thinking oh i hope this reflects what i understand (laughs) Uh, of Wales Um, and then it came back better than I expected but not to um, not to discount anyone else I feel like in most places the data was actually positive the trends were on the up people are feeling good about the work that's happening so it's not like it was bad anywhere but there were just a few little spikes that really spoke to to what to what we understand um, about attitudes and values Um, yeah so fantastic work to everyone out there doing this because you're building you're building up you're building something up here but that's not to say the work should stop and i think that's what i learned from it is there's been a peak in the last couple of months and yeah is that connected to global events is that connected to the cut to the budget what is it connected to and what we can we do to build that momentum and here at hub africa we're keen again to repeat this research And kind of keep an eye on the trends, but you could also, I think as listeners, undertake some of your own research sometimes. It doesn't have to be massive audiences with 3,000 people responding or whatever. You can take this kind of, some of these questions and do it on kind of a local level as well. So you could do it in schools finding out if people kind of stick stickers onto statements and questions to say if they agree or not. There's plenty of kind of festivals and events throughout Wales where you can just do practical exercises and just find out if local communities are in line with the the bigger picture. And if they're not, that's important learning as well. Like, I always think that is if you do hear something that you're not expecting or is a bit negative, then that shows the gap that you need to feel or that shows the messages that you need to think about or it shows where you need to do a little bit more work sometimes
0: yeah for sure I think one thing uh, we're pretty good at in Wales is sharing as well so it's you know not sitting on best practice or good practice it's sharing and learning and experiencing together and I think um, from the summit events that we did in the summer. That's something that I learned that actually there are lots of communities that come together and they're better for it when they share their work and their contacts and their networks. So yeah, this is a great way to do that, I think.
1: Yeah. And I'm really proud that Hub Camry Africa can do that as well. Yeah. We can get this kind of research done and we can throw it open to everyone. And I think the thing that I the thing that I've learned most from this piece of work. Is that old adage that drives me mad, I'm not going to lie, where people say charity begins at home. And I think, you ha- you know, charity does begin at home, but charity doesn't end at home. And I think that's what we can safely say on this research is that, yeah, charity begins at home, but it doesn't end there. And in Wales, that's, that's particularly true. People in Wales take action put their pound where their values are, fundraise and have conversations about the things that are important. And those things definitely aren't limited only to their their local neighbourhoods and communities. The horizons are much wider than that. And that's, that's really positive.
0: For sure. So to wrap up, basically, I think the top things that we've said is to kind of own this narrative, so own this positive message, tell stories and use that to engage with people that you haven't maybe done that before. Have you got anything else uh, Top talk wise?
1: Yeah, I like what you were saying about some people that you think particularly um, demonstrate the values and act as ambassadors. Mm-hmm. So find people that talk about the things you're interested in, both in Wales and in the partner country that you might be working with. think that's really important and use this as evidence so refer back to it over and over again and use it for whatever means you need to use it for be it fundraising be a bid be it um an exercise to get people talking about your work yeah i
0: think there's loads of ways and yeah make the most of it yeah amazing thank you very much for listening and good luck listening to Solidarity. If you want to find out more about any of the things discussed today, please get in touch. Look out for more podcasts in this series.